Not enough people try and get their points across via flip books. I would say enough people do. <laughs> And gliding and sliding and falling and brawling and sprawling and driving and riving and striving, dividing and gliding and sliding and falling and brawling and sprawling and driving and riving and striving, dividing and gliding and sliding and falling and brawling and sprawling, driving and riving and striving, dividing and gliding and sliding and falling and brawling. We are hottest 100s and thousands, and we have taken control of your motherfucking goddamn bitch ass, <laughs> titty fucking, god fucking damn radio, radio station. What a radio station it is. Oh, <laughs> holy fucking shit, we're here. Uh, my, my name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing. Well, one of many, obviously, Jonathan Davis, you're going to be hearing... Mm. Uh, the many voices of Jonathan Davis. The many voices of Jonathan Davis. Yeah. He's like this old-timey. Yeah. <laughs> Run up! Run up. <laughs> the many voices of the Jonathan Davis. Davis! You'll never believe what this man can do with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit horny there. <laughs> Little, now it's the it's the twenties. Uh, it's, befo- it's before horniness was yeah. a thing. Back in the day, we called it corniness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so joining me, my close personal freaks on a leash. Andrew McDonald. David. Adam Buncher. Hello. <laughs> and that the goddamn motherfucking Addison. Are we, are we on one leash? Are we sharing a leash or do we each have a leash? It's one of the, you like know, like Daniel up. Radcliffe with the dogs. Like it's one of those where he's just like holding one, but there's like three like yeah, nice. different collars attached and a shit. A branching leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great fucking photo, by the way, where he's just out walking like fucking 20 dogs. Where did he get all those dogs from? It's, I don't he know. He just steals them. It's from, it's from, um, it's from Trainwreck. Yeah, I, Oh, was, movie. Yeah, was he yeah. in Trainwreck? That when they go to the cinema and they watch a movie and it's Oh, that yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's cool. Fucking John Cena steals the scene of that. It's, it's so yeah, it's fucking funny. Daniel Radcliffe is the dog walker. That's <laughs> so good. good. He seems like a cool guy, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I back him. I he, back him. He really loves the Pixies. That's cool. Like, yeah, he, he, so do I. He really loves the Pixies. Mm. I don't, we, think, you, I don't think you love the Pixies as much as Daniel Radcliffe does. Challenge accepted. Daniel gives a five star. Yeah. All right, bitches. 80 songs down, 20 to go. Are we feeling it? Uh, so much. So much? <laughs> I am, actually. <laughs> well, roll up, roll up. We're about to head to Sunday Mass. Let his, let's bow our heads and pray and get into number 20 in the 1999 Hottest 100. This is Rhubarb with Exercise. Don't skate, don't surf. I read, I write 
Tony in the 1999 Hottest 100 with Exerciser. We throw now to our youth pastor, Mr. Nathan Harrison. Oh, he's such a cool youth pastor. He is. I would be he's pretty here, cool. He's here sitting backwards on his chair. He's been <laughs> rapping with the kids. I think, look, if he's talking about JC. Yeah, man. <laughs> if I had to be a youth pastor, I think I would actually be pretty all right at it. I Every, would, everybody secretly thinks that, man. <laughs> yeah. I think I would actually... I would not force the being cool stuff, and I would just be like a normal person, and the kids would respect that. So that's Tell trying, me more, man. You're trying too hard. I'm just sitting like the kids, man. Kids don't sit like that. Fuck you in the mouth. You can't say that as a youth pastor, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't say fuck you in the mouth. <laughs> You're the first person to really dabble in the haters. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got off the cross. He just dabbed Dab. on him. So probably fairly clear to everyone, I guess, by this point, but Rhubarb mm. were a Christian rock band. Yes, they were. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were just riffing on them Sunday. Oh, wait, they actually were? No, they were Christian rock band. That's, that was their oh. whole thing. Oh, right. They Thanks played so. like okay. EXO days okay. and shit. Their whole thing. I, don't, I can't speak for you two. I'd never heard of this band before. Ne- never. And I've never heard this song before. Yeah, so... I knew this as a kid. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. From church or... <laughs> yeah, big church. <laughs> Go on. Churchy. Big churcher. Um, so Rhubarb are a Brisbane band. They yep. won Unearthed, Triple J Unearthed, I think the year before with their song Zero. Or the That's Brisbane true. Unearthed. I don't think it was... Dragon, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Brisbane on us. They won regionals. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and then uh, they put out this, and they are a Christian rock band. But I think this is not too bad, well, actually. I, I didn't pick up on any Christian themes. No, I mean, there's there's the line about, like, I don't drink uh, or smoke uh-uh. or laugh at dirty jokes. I've got but- a hero that I'll follow to the end. Oh. And that hero is our Lord and Saviour, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think the second part is the lyric. <laughs> Right, <laughs> just the first. Just no, that that's first, my yeah. genius annotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, maybe I'm off base here, but I thought those lines were kind of like, like an ironic kind of thing. A little bit tongue in cheek. A little right? bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. I got that too. It's so punk, right? Yeah, because it's like a, yeah. it's, it's like a pop punk rock song. It's like, yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. about living a clean lifestyle. You know, yeah. exercise. And it's just like, yeah, is there something yeah. wrong with me? I could see like. Nancy Vandal saying, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't laugh totally. at dirty jokes. Uh, Self-Righteous Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. Like, have, yeah. have the whole song about that. Yeah. But this is not too bad. Yeah. It's very catchy. It's very endearing. Yeah. Like, it just puts on a smile on my face every time I hear it. I'm just yeah. like, oh, man, this takes me back. This it's- is a solid Unearthed Winners second song. Yeah. It's you know? in and out in under two minutes. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's yep. just neat... Nothing changed in there. The riff is fun enough. It all works. If nothing else, a reason to love the band, just speaking of the under two minutes thing, is Steve from the band often joked that the whole reason that this song was so popular is because often announcers on Triple J would need to fill two minutes before the news hit, huh. and it would often be this song that did it. That's like, they're not related, but... um. Do you know, like, how Friends of Rom got kind of discovered was they were mates with the, the manager from the Hopeton, yeah. and he put their first track, Phil, as the whole music... Some people called up. Like, yeah, that on the thing. Like, oh, it was this band. Yeah, like, right. yeah. nice. Huh. Feeling that, that came up on the 100th episode of Bar Bands. I think that's probably where I fucking loaded it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back and listen to it. It's good. <laughs> it's a good podcast. It's a good podcast. Give it five stars. There's something about as this song gets towards the end and there's kind of the repeated chorus at the end, there's some of the choices they make that I'm like, ah, oh, I think this is the difference between bands like this that start doing well and bands that are just fine. Why well, you think right. this is good, well or fine? Fine. I right. think this is just fine. Like, okay, so what would you have changed? I is think there's just the, the way that they were... Yeah, I guess it's the harmonies and stuff. I don't know, it's but there's just something towards the end I was like, ah, oh, I think I think other bands make the other choices right. and that's what 
is, is that extra level of songwriting? I can't specify. The difference between like a band like this and a, or a band like your UMYs or your Jebs or Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like I could see those choices and I was like, ah, other bands that end up doing better push a bit further or something. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm reaching that. But, um, yeah, interesting. Know, whatever. I remember this song as a kid. I remember liking it. So I don't have any like particular distaste for this. It works for what it is. And it's, it's very, like, you're right. It's very much an obvious like, ah, this, this is an unearthed winner from the late 90s. It's that kind of sound. Yeah. I think it's pretty telling that like none of us are big like rhubarb stands like in, the, in 2019 I'm pretty amazed that like a song that got in this high in 1999 amongst so many songs that I do know I had never heard before totally right and also from a band that you may probably didn't know no, yeah. 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 Well, this is their this is their signature song yeah, of course, like yeah, yeah. They only lasted like a handful of years after this. Like well, they tr- broke up in 06. Yeah, there you go. I think my sister actually saw one of their last ever shows because she went to a Christian music festival called Black Stump. I know, oh, fucking Black, Black Stump. Stump. There you yeah. go. That, that, that'll, that'll ring some bells for some previous crossnecks out in the audience. They'll just be like, ah, there we go. Christians are to be referred to as crossnecks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite literal. You yeah. know, it's quite a literal description. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a couple of other okay kind of songs, but yeah, Nothing that compares to this. Like, you, you've clocked it once you've once you've done like something that straightforward, that catchy, that short, fast, and loud. You know, everyone's just like, "Yeah, do that again." Mm-hmm. Literally at this, I, I remember Ellie's telling me, my sister telling me at this show, uh, like, "Doctor." Yeah. <laughs> she was telling me that when they played this, like everyone went so fucking crazy. They were just like, "Should we just do it again?" And then they just played it again. <laughs> Wholesome, real, real um. N-words in Paris, Alice. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine it? They just do a 50-minute encore and it's just all exercises. Oh, yeah, yes. At Lollapalooza last year, Vampire Weekend opened by playing A-Punk three times in a row. And I'm like, that's sick. I want more bands to just fucking lean in on that shit. Just, like, find that one quick two-minute song or whatever and just go fucking mental with it. Play it as many times as you want. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it right now. I'm, I'm here for that. All right, at number 19, this is Rhubarb. <laughs> oh, no, I played it as many times as I wanted to. <laughs> Once is fine. Look, all right, fine. Have it your way. So can we talk about rhubarb the food now? Yeah, anybody got any rhubarb facts? It's just a good dessert vegetable, I think. You know, Dessert vegetable? I knew that was going to get a reaction out <laughs> of you. Are you fucking mental? Well, it's a vegetable and it's best in dessert. So um, what would you what call it? What dessert? You put it on your ice cream? Like, what the fuck? Rhubarb you never custard a- is like classic. Oh, it's Nathan talking about custard again. <laughs> custard boy. He's a custard guy. Oh, all right, whatever. Oh, he's been dripping it out this whole time. Just needs any excuse to yeah. have custard. Oh... <laughs> Fair play to you. That's a good bit, dude. Rhubarb dessert crum- vegetable. Fuck out of here. Rhubarb crumble, man. Yeah, yeah. What it's the like fuck a, it, are you bitches babbling about? It's like it's like, a, like like an apple pie kind of thing. Yeah, actually, rhubarb and apple pie. There you go. Yeah, right. You guys are mental. You don't fuck with like an apple pie. No. Oh, it's so tasty. Yeah. Apple pies are great. Mm. It's it's like a root vegetable. Yeah, like a like a good. No, no, no! It's like the stem. It's kind of oh, like like yeah. a weird spinach, oh, or right, like, a, like, like a silver beet kind of. Right. And you, you you don't eat the leaves. The well, leaves. The color doesn't no. matter, Nathan. It doesn't matter. You just call them a beet. It doesn't have to be why you're bringing color into this. Don't eat the leaves. Fuck. Don't eat the leaves. Leaves don't are no good. Don't eat the right. leaves. Um, but the, the leaves stem, are poisonous. You just like you chop up, chop up the stem. Yeah, put them in a pie. Are the, are the leaves like poisonous. Yeah, it's so a defense poisonous. mechanism. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know when plants try and kill you. Yeah. 
It's rude. I honestly reckon we probably spent more time on this podcast, you three fucking talking about food, than we actually have talking about socks. You once derailed an entire episode to just talk about cooking. Uh, um, and that was fire safety. If music yeah. be the food of love, play on. <laughs> Shakespeare. Yeah. All right. Uh, like, we're moving on. Are they yeah. Yeah. On Shakespeare. That's it. That's he's dabbed, he's like, dabbed on Shakespeare. That's what he's done. But he goes like, if music be the food of love, dig in. <laughs> Yum yum. <laughs> yum. Get it up, ya. Yeah. <laughs> At number 19, this is Jebediah with Anama. making their return at number 19 in the Triple J Hottest 100 of 1999. That is the song Anima is from the album But Adam, you, you're, you're an animal. You're a sexy beast. Mm. Give us a hot take on, on this smash hit from Jebediah. Yeah, well, you said that this was a big one to come off of Someday Shambles, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. This is probably the biggest single from that record. Is like uh, the first single from the record yeah, as well, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, one of the first 10 singles I ever bought. This is a track that actually all four members have a writing credit on. They all kind of wrote it together. They kind of did it off the floor. And in Brett Mitchell's words, kind of the most simple, straightforward song that they've they've written as well. There's no breakdown. It just kind of sits at the same tempo and just kind of pushes along. But, you know, with that, I think comes... A real execution of, of Jebediah on their more punk kind of energy. Kevin's, like, really leaning into the more punk side of his vocal as well. It just kind of carries forward. It locks it in and then just kind of pushes ahead. I kind of love what this song's about, too, or at least the, the reading that I kind of get from it, which is just, like, you're going out, and the experience of going out and, and whatever can often just be reduced down either by social pressure or you getting in your own head to just like going and finding someone to sleep with and how that's just like a really reductive experience and how that kind of sucks but also at the same time you know it's kind of it's kind of what it is like, well, what else are you going to do have regular serotonin intake you got to yeah, go do sort of things just go and dance and enjoy music <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just being around other people no you've got to the lyrics that come through you know like I know that everything I do tonight means nothing if I don't succeed you know um, mm. and then saying it or being insufferable when you're in heat or whatever just like that tunnel vision, narrow-mindedness, or like, whatever. And also, like, even if you haven't been in that position, you've seen people in that position. Mm. And totally. Like, and they right. are fucking insufferable. It's goddamn awful to see. But like, also, yeah, yeah, you hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. And you, but it's so easy to see if you are out on a night out, just oh, going yeah. to go, like, you know, to the comparison of humans as animals in when you're in the club. It's yeah. It's like, yeah. 
the fact that this is so like a relatively straightforward song just means the band are like showcasing what every element of why Jebediah are good. I probably would have cut maybe 30 seconds or a minute from it. Oh, okay. Like, um, huh. Just it- in random five second chunks. <laughs> yes. <throughing. Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gemini's animal, but every other beat is missing. Yeah, when I listen to it, I just hit the plus 10 like four times <laughs> in the song. Um, no, it's better to have a tendency for shorter punk songs, but it is still very good. The riff is fun, yeah. and Kevin's vocals match that intensity. And like, harmonies that kind of, are The sick. harmonies are great. Mm. Yeah. All that one works. Looking back, I think this probably was the first Jebediah song I heard. Absolutely. Before I knew who they were as a band when I was a kid, I remember just liking this song when I heard it on Triple J and liking the video when I saw it on Rage mm-hmm. like knowing yeah that I just like, heard this on the radio and I was just kind of taken by yeah, it yeah be like oh is this, is this music I love music yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those moments but it's fully one of those for me like the nostalgia goggles aren't like bolted on but like, oh dude this, me too yeah. this, this is just this is a, a song that I like when I saw the name of it I'm like oh yeah I know that song like I'll listen to it again because I like it but mm. there was no need for me I, I, like, I heard it so many times between the ages of like 10 to 14 that like I'm just like I, one of those like instantly triggers in my head songs. Like I just yeah. know it very, very well. I've covered it. Like I've I've played this many times and I've listened to it on and off for twenty fucking years. Yeah. You know, like yeah, this was me kind of gaining more of a calibration and understanding of like Australian rock bands and what what they sound like and what they do. Uh, also, full credit to maybe 10-year-old me. One of the first things I did when I got a computer was sit down, listen to Animal, and try and figure out the words. Because... Man, I love doing that. I was just like, I have no idea what the fuck you're saying. I'm going to do this bit by bit and be like, okay, Kevin, slow down. I love doing that shit, man. Trying right? to transcribe lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then I found out uh, eventually, after many, many years, a lot of the lyrics that I thought were the lyrics were not the lyrics. <laughs> it's just a fucking electric song. Like, that lead is so catchy. You know, it's just those two notes going back and forth between one another, but it works so well. Ness's bass has got a really good rumble oh, to the it. bass, big time. Really good bass line on Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, the way that that plays in. It's just a really good vibe when they're playing. Big, big, big tick from me. Yeah, I think this combined with Feet Touch the Ground, it's just like, oh, like, they're really solidifying themselves as a really strong Australian band at this yeah. point. Yeah, we've loved all of the previous first record stuff as well, but like, you can tell they've really like found their footing and like, okay, this is how we fucking work. Yeah, 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 this is how we write music. This is the kind of stuff we're doing. Like, And that's just really exciting. Yeah, and also trying new things, though, because this, again, doesn't sound like Feet Touch the Ground. It sounds no. like nothing from the slightly odd way material. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a whole new thing, yeah, but yeah, it also works just as well new. for what it is. For it's sure. A, it's amazing that, like, even though they're still so young here, you can sense in these two songs there's a maturity that wasn't there on the earlier yeah. material. Even though they're yeah. still fucking kids here, yeah. but their songwriting has matured doubled right and yeah. you have to have a certain amount more confidence to not just go back to what you know to push ahead and to try and do new things like yeah. that's, that that really speaks to the confidence of the band and i think that's what they're doing here yeah for sure especially you know also exploring new modes of writing as i said they all kind of got yeah, together and they all kind of really wrote good. this song so. yeah well, i'm also uh another entrance to the soundtrack hours this track oh hey <laughs> um oh yeah it was uh, featured um, in the Australian film Occasional Course Language. It's like a dramedy kind of thing. But right. also featured three times in McLeod's Daughters. Yes! yes! Wow. Real Aussie hours. Oh, I, I imagine yeah! as well. Yeah! Yeah! 
that would have been played in the points in McLeod's Daughters where things were like their most frantic and like this is the like oh I'm an animal like yeah that's yeah. great yeah. I'm really McLeod's daughter <laughs> I don't know anything about McLeod's Daughters <laughs> I mean I turns said- out McLeod's Daughters were the friends we made along the way <laughs> Hey, something else about this track that I was surprised to find out. It featured on a split with Jimmy Eat World. That's right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which seems weird. Yeah, I right. think they might yeah. have toured together around this point. Yeah, you um, assume that'd be it, right? That yeah. checks out. And I think musically kind of checks out a bit yeah, as well. Totally. Like, yeah, Jimmy Eat World's album Clarity came out in 1999, which is, in my opinion, like a second wave emo classic. Like, it's one of the best records of the 90s overall. What wave of emo are we up to? Uh, like fourth. This well, is kind post. of like the, this is the revival. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. post now. OG emo is like Fugazi era. Yeah, yes. so you kind of like more eighties sort of stuff, and then the second wave was more to the mid like to late nineties into the two thousands, and then the like third MCR. wave is like MCR and the used and, and now, all that and, so, and that sort of stuff, and then in like the last couple of years, like it's been picked up with bands like Modern Baseball and stuff yeah. like Mitski and then things like that, like Hotelier, the Hotelier, yeah, yeah, all all those kind of bands. So I wrote an article about it uh, for oh. Laneway. So cool can plug my shit. I'll do yeah. what I want. What are you going to do? Nothing. Read the article, probably. Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, huge, huge track for Jebs. And yeah, I'm stoked we got to talk about it. <laughs> how now, brown cow? How how now, brown... Okay. <sighs> okay, let's do this. At number 18, this is Sonic Animation with the Yopolis Thistler and Exercise. Coming in at number 18 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with Theopolis Sister and Exercise in Val's Andrew McDonald, the Heasy Hedgehog. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was thinking about this looking back. I think this might be the first kind of like electro or techno esque song that I ever liked. It'd be up there for me. This was featured on the um, compilation for the Hot 100 that came out for this year. It was! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which was, I think, the first one that I got... And then that became an annual tradition, even as a kid, when I, if I wasn't listening to the countdown. Bit of trivia. Soon enough, we'll have talked about every song on that compilation. <laughs> hey. Isn't that, isn't that <laughs> wild? It's such, it's such a coincidence. Right? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Sonic Animation, um, techno slash dance band from Melbourne, formed in 94, then split up in 2006. Got back together again in 2011, though. Their biggest hit, actually, we don't talk about, which is Love Lies Bleeding. But um, This is the one I know. This is certainly the one I know. Yeah. I've never heard Love Lies Bleeding. Yeah, it was no, the only it was other big song of theirs I know was I'm a DJ. Right. Yeah, this... Um, I fucking love it. It's just silly, dorky as shit. Super fun. It's not even the main part of the song, but I always smile when it slows down as that spoken word oh, bit. Oh, the With really the, Australian yeah, accent. Yeah, the hammer. The easy hammer. Hammer, hammer. 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 The best bitch is like, oh, I hit my horse hard. <laughs> yeah. I hit my horse hard. 
Fuck, man. Yeah. Like, it's not even the main part of the song, but it's what we wanted to talk about. <laughs> but, like, all the like the verses, I guess. It's so good. Like, because the math is just... Cool, we're going to take the energy and, like, hip-hop sensibilities of Cypress Hill and the Beastie Boys. Yeah. But we're going to imbue that with the not-given-a-fuck like larrikin-esque attitude that we've seen in the Foves and we've seen in Tism or we've seen yeah. in whatever and we're going to do something that's like not a joke song but like so many other Australian songs at the time is just humorous and skirting around being either a joke a or serious at the but, same time but also just banging heaps hard but there's a real like fat boy slim big beat playfulness there as well yeah uh, yeah, yeah that's you true know. and and this is like very Proto avalanches, yeah, super proto avalanches, yeah. It builds so wonderfully, and the moments that are built into it, you, you know, you mentioned the, the spoken word Australian bit, like the ambient kind of slowdown, but also when the beat comes back even harder, yeah. and it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 and you're just building the premise around a tongue twister okay, rap twisters. song, like, so, yeah. man, I big time. Baby's first like LimeWire download, maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this nice. was this was such exciting music to me. Mine's, like so much fun. I think mine's coming up next year. Yeah, my okay. first My first mine illegal never download. Gets in. I don't know whether Cops this don't I, listen. <laughs> I don't know whether this actually was, but it was definitely within the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of ba- first batch, first yeah. wave. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen the video for this? Great video. Very Great good. video. And, yeah, um, good fe- shit. Features their um their mascots or uh, the Techno Tubbies, dubbed <laughs> Robert Rowley and Theophilus Thistler. Yeah. Um, I remember them. Yeah. Uh, live, por- live performances often had people dress as Robert and Theophilus yeah, going yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I watched a good video of them performing this on like the ABC or whatever. Um, great video. Just watching him doing all the verses live is like, yeah, this is right. a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. God. This is like, it requires a lot of breath to get through those lines, yeah. but the techno tubbies are in the background yeah. and then kind of just run around this everywhere. Is, it's like the moment after he does the sprawling and brawling bit where he goes, Ugh. Yeah. 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 yeah, so good. So good. Like, it's just like, why wouldn't you just loop that, dude? Yeah. And great, the um, record it once. That's it. The sprawling and brawling, but like, but before that, when it has like the distorted vocals, they like this is an exercise with song with words ending in ing. Yeah. yeah, that whole like persona of the old g- dude. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah. These are vocal exercises, but it's like it's. You, also, again, you could have just gotten an old professory sounding dude to come in and record it. No, no, no. We're just no. going to do a really stupid <laughs> yeah, impression yeah, of that. Yeah. Like, mm. it's just like it's it's engineered for you to have heaps of fun with. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just imbuing you with fun because, like, yeah, it's yeah. just a blast of a song. And just doing what so many Australian bands w- were doing at this time with that tone and just making you do a double take. Yeah, you're right you know about I mean? that kind of idea that at, at this point in Australian rock or Australian music in general, we liked to skirt around the idea of humour like there's yeah. like, you wouldn't call this a novelty song but there no. are like but if you weren't Australian like if this if this was like say played in like the UK or something you could hear it being interpreted as a novelty song like oh that, yeah. that's that song with the silly tongue twisters yeah but it's yeah. almost just like a parody big beat song yeah but as Australians but it, it's just like yeah like we have this sense of like mm. irony that's built into our culture I guess yeah. yeah, and it's just playfulness and fun. Yeah, yeah. The actual tongue twister itself in full. Go oh, on, here um, we go. Yeah, here we go. yeah. Oh man, oh, big man hours here. <laughs> big man hours. And I'm yeah. definitely the most mumbling person on the podcast. This is a bold move. <laughs> um, it's called Theopolis Thistle, um, and it says Theopolis Thistle, the successful thistle sifter, in sifting a sieve full of unsifted thistles. Three thousand. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. Thrust three thousand thistles through the thick of his thumb. If Theopolis Thistle, the successful thistle sifter, can thrust three thousand thistles through the thick of his thumb. See that thou, in sifting through a sieve of unsifted thistles, thrust not three thousand thistles through the thick of thy thumb. 
It's a, it's a yeah. bamboozling tongue twister, man. It's like, good. It's really good. It's way harder than like, like because normally tongue twisters are like, like people like the seashells, seashells. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a boring thing. Very that impressive, is- but. There once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a go good on. one. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard rumors about him are greatly exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> it works because like, it's a really good tongue twister, but it also has a really fun shape to just it follow. It, it the sounds cadence good. is great. Yeah. 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 This is brand new to me. Oh, wow. I've never heard this song Whoa, before. Wow. Yeah. Nathan's never heard a song. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, Nathan. Dude, no, I don't want to talk about it. It's now. your bit. It's not my bit. It is a bit. Everyone's bit except you is not having heard all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, your catchphrase is never heard of it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Struck a nerve here. Yeah. <laughs> the beef, the beef continues. It's, not, it's hilarious. It's, it's a, a good bit. It's not a bit. It's not a, it's not a bit. It's Nathan's life, man. Yeah. Life is not a bit. <laughs> All right. Life is definitely no, a did, bit. Did we already say this? Death's a meme, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, de- death's a meme and life's a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do? That's a, that you can't yeah. log off from life. <laughs> that, that, that's real with, like, those motivational posters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, death's a meme and life's a bit. You when can't. are you gonna log off? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like a sunset picture or yeah. something. Just get a life's a bit shirt and just scratch out the CH. Oh. <laughs> Life's a bit. Life's, life's, a, life's bit. a bit. And then you log off. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my God. Sorry. All right, come on. Let's let Nathan do his character. It's funny. No, come on, man. What do you think of this? I love it, yeah, but great. I don't love this. <laughs> I gestured at David there, if it wasn't clear. No, you gestured at Buster Murphy. No. no. Don't you no. bring him into this. He's literally don't in the listen, Buster. <laughs> Could we stop fighting in front of the yeah. children? Our boy Buster Murphy's in the studio with us today. He's our, yeah. he's our good boy. This is just so exciting. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I, I love Fatboy Slim. I love the Avalanches. I feel like this is a piece of Australiana that fits really tightly in that puzzle. Mm. Um, and it's just so much fun. It's great. Like, obviously, this, this is um, not like sample delica kind of thing like that. It seems more bespoke. But like this, imbuing it with that same kind of... Those ideas of like sunshine sample delica, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Does anybody yeah. also did the uh, the spoken word bit live as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it's a great clip. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> oh, I love to hear the horses. That's real. Let me tell you about the bush. Yeah, was, no, yeah. it's like if he didn't don an Akubra <laughs> just before yeah. doing that bit, then you missed an opportunity. Yeah, and put put like one leg up on the yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wearing RM Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Extremely good shit. Yeah. Why is he talking about hedgehogs though? Because we don't have them here. Hammer. It's because uh, <laughs> the H sound. I uh, yeah, but you could have said, um, "Come on, come on, Nathan, you're the animal no, guy." No, no, no. You, it's your point. Uh, what do you go on? You could have said wombat. And- <laughs> the, the humble wombat. Humble wombat. Humble <laughs> That's better than anything else I could have come up with. <laughs> Easy Alright, that brings us to the end of this episode, yeah. I think. Pack it in. But stay tuned for a secret episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
something I'm numbing out of. Folks, welcome to the post-credits scene of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Uh, normally, this is where we'd end the show. Maybe we'd run like a little mememic bit. You know, we'd get Adam to, you know, throw a trap beat over something or, you know, make a reference to, to something that we just talked about. But uh, thought we'd do something a little different and talk about two extra songs. Just Adam and I. So oh, no, I definitely want to hear what these guys have to say. <laughs> oh well, they're gone. So you know, they they left. They they were just like, thanks, thanks for the great episode, guys. We've got to go. But uh, unfortunately, we're the only ones here. So sweet. Do you want to talk uh, about some corn then? I would absolutely fucking love to. So let's do that at number seventeen. This is the aforementioned corn straight out of motherfucking Bakersfield, with falling away from me. Yes, uh, I agree. Seventeen with the track falling away from me from the album issues. Yes, I'm, yes, yes. We, are, we are going back to back with the greatest band to ever come out of Bakersfield. We are on the cob. We are on the cob <laughs> right, right now. The fuck this, now, welcome to our cobcast. <laughs> the podcast is over. Let the po- cobcast yeah, begin. I'm, I'm doing Theopolis this long right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. loving it. I'm loving it. I'm so I'm glad those two. I'm on the cobcast. <laughs> Who the fuck was that? <laughs> Andrew, are you still here? From the other side. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> I logged off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Be very uh, funny. Please keep this in. If I die before this episode goes to air, please keep this bit in. <laughs> Fuck it. Be, be a good bit. Andrew. <laughs> Do it for the content. Do it for the content. Oh, God. Uh-huh. The content. You'll live on the forever. content. There we go. Oh. oh. Wait, wait. Is that Nathan? I'm Is here. It- I'm back. <laughs> Why did you come back? I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's giving us a lift. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I seriously think potentially one of the whole purposes of me doing this podcast was to make me realise that I actually love corn. Fucking right you do! Yeah. Just to, just to like, endgame my opinion of the next two songs. <laughs> just to, like, just to, like, make it clear where the divide in the room <laughs> is from the outset. Yeah. Because, man, like, it's, it's entirely because of this podcast that I actually went back and listened to corn and just, like, hang on a minute. They hold the fuck up. This song's remarkable. It's... Oh, dude, just... Obviously, they're in, like, drop A, which is, like, one of the is lowest... That, is it drop A? Yeah, how... Like, it's one of the yeah. lowest possible tunings you can have. It's, like, brutally shit, like... And they just fucking chug into it, you know? And it sounds mammoth. Totally. But, yeah. but also, like, it's it's dissonant. Yeah, But yeah. it's still, like, groovy. Like, I, yeah, da- yeah, yeah. I dance to this. Like, yeah, it's in that drop, but it's also... They're also playing with, like, a major minor tonality through the whole thing. Like, especially in that chorus... 
like 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 there's more like sweeping like upper frets, the textural like elements, on the sevenths and stuff like that. Totally, which, which sounds so so good when it's matched up with like the hugely melodic asset that is Jonathan Davis. Like it really kind of draws you in. And yeah, and all the melodies are like deliberately kind of like haunting and almost playing with a kind of horror aesthetic. Yeah, and really trying to represent like a dark mental state yeah more totally. than anything else yeah, yeah, like yeah. They're, they're tr- that's what they're trying to represent through all of their music I think really is, that's what Korn are trying to do and that's what they do so well and mm. like you connect into that and then you get the catharsis sure at it's worst right at it's worst it allows you to brood and, yeah. it, and it makes things a little bit worse by you know like getting you locked into that mindset and I, and I definitely think that that can happen like you know I, there will be a lot of kids who actually probably weren't served by being in a dark place and continually just listening to corn, they, yeah, 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 yeah. they probably needed to break out of that mindset a little bit more. But then there are some other kids, right? And this is what I've been thinking to in terms of listening to this song, because Jonathan said that this is a song particularly about domestic abuse yeah. and about if you're in that situation, call out, get help. You know, he's he, he was vocal about saying this, like you don't deserve to be treated that way. You should go out. And there are lyrics in there that say like you flirt with suicide. Sometimes that's okay. That's huge to put that lyric in a song, like to go like, if you're having dark thoughts, it's okay that you're feeling that way. So that's the other thing. Like it could be you represent that dark side, that dark experience that a lot of teenage people can connect to and whatever. And then you get the catharsis from it. You get the expulsion. And and what better catharsis is there than that that absolutely heavy ass texture imbued with this energy that allows you to dance through it and physically express it. You spoke to me like that, dude. Like shit like this and that first Drowning Pool record and just so much stuff where it's just like, I didn't realize I had that kind of fucking locked in me. And it's just like, oh wow, this has been here this whole time and I've found a way to kind of, you know, navigate through that and have that kind of catharsis. Totally. But yeah, the way that Davis performs, like, this is kind of a roundabout way of getting to it, but one of my favourite podcasts used to be a podcast called The Art of Wrestling, which is a Colt Cabana indie wrestler who talks to a bunch of pro wrestlers. And one of the guys he spoke to was a guy that was very famous in the 80s and 90s called Jake the Snake Roberts, who was, like, a very dark, mythical character. He'd, like, carry a live snake to the ring and, like, a knapsack over his shoulder and, like, freak out his opponents and shit like that. Because he came up in the 80s, it was a lot of guys like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, where they'd all be like, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. It's just a lot of... As, uh, Performative as, masculinity, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, as, yeah. Well, as Randy Savage would describe it, hot-dogging and grandstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great fucking turn of phrase. Yeah. And so the way that Jake would get his character over would be to kind of... Hey, let me tell you something. I've been down this dark road, man. And, like, he'd bring it right down. And that would kind of draw them in because it was so different to everything else. A lot of new metal is just like, blah, 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 and just like all in the whole time. But a lot of great contracts will kind of draw you in with that kind of lower. And then the big payoff is when it hits the blah, like that. Mm. You see, yeah, the, the varying levels of intimacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this song, it's clearly established, like, even before the vocals even start. You got that, yeah. yeah, that starting melody and then kicking that straight in with the. What I'm saying is that, like, sure, I think corn as meme. That's a real thing, and I and, oh, yeah, and totally. I, I agree with that. I'm not trying to like not acknowledge that. That's legit. Corn is corn as meme. Sure, yes, it exists. Yes, it absolutely I'm not exists. Say no to that. But going back and listening to it now, like I'm 
surprised at what I'm drawing out and I'm yeah. surprised at the enjoyment that I'm getting like just in the fact that it's so heavy and so dissonant but at the same time so like groovy yeah man fucking that, there was man. so much going on in that whole movement like I make no bones about it anymore anyone that knows me knows that the back of my mobile phone has a ticket stub from the time I saw Limp Biscuit. and I'm wondering whether like the, the relationship that we have to nostalgia and irony um, is one that potentially reframes new metal in a, in, a, in a light that people can get more on board with. That's you know entirely what, possible, you know I mean? man, yeah. You know, there's a bit of a tension there between, you know, how you relate to Korn not as seriously and then at the fact is like, no, no, what their band is actually attempting to do in terms of being there for people in a bad mm. place is, uh, you know, like there's a tension there. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. But I but I still think like the enjoyment of that music and certainly like putting the spotlight on it, like I, I don't know, like I think, I think there is a space right now culturally where new metal could it could definitely yeah. come back, man. Everything, like, I don't know when, but new metal will have a comeback. Like, I, I, I'm positive that will happen, man. I, yeah. and, not, 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 and not just because everything is recycled and, like, culture moves in cycles. It is definitely a space it, for, for bands to come out and be like, you know what? I, I know it's often derided, but I, but Korn's Follow the Leader was a really important and formative record to me, and it really informs my songwriting. There's definitely a fucking place for someone like Dude, that. Dude, big time. Big oh, time. Okay, so I really want to hear from the non-Korn fans. Because I feel like I've tried to... I tried as best as I can to kind of explain. explain. No, yeah, I, I think that was a really good explanation of of what you get out of corn. Both cool. of you, I, cool. I, I, yeah, Sweet. I get that. That explanation, I'm like, man, for sure, that like has no connection to the music at all for me. Like, sure, sounds like you're talking about a very different band. Well, because because the last time I believe we talked about corn, yours was like these guys picked the wrong sounds. They picked the sounds that sound bad. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, you still there? <laughs> I reckon the um when this one opens. Like the keyboard riff is nice and spooky. It's very spooky. <laughs> it's got a good spook to it. Yeah, uh, and that's obviously the aesthetics that Corn are playing with. Totally. Um, and I listened to this a couple of times because obviously like, I didn't like hearing this, but I, I wanted to figure out why I didn't like it compared to say like, like I'm not a huge System of a Down stand or anything, but I do have a soft spot for System of a Down's first three records. But not that Soad were necessarily direct new metal, but they were lumped in that with with that kind of this wave of heavy music and again even the term new metal the, the listening to this song and then listen to Limp Bizkit's Rollin and then listen to Toxicity by System of a Down and say that's all new metal it seems like more of a cultural movement than it is a specific genre and that's why I was trying to probe what is it about this that I dislike because you do dislike it yeah yeah um, to a large extent it's just utterly not for me I, I don't hate it in the way that like I would hate say like Limp Bizkit's Rollin or like most Limp Bizkit songs I, th- I, th- I think they're ugly songs I think they're <laughs> I, I think I think they're culturally I th- I think it's, it's offensive to me like to quote Oscar from The Office this is way more offensive than hardcore pornography <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I don't have that with corn at all. This is just music that's not for me. You, like go, you go porn over corn. Yeah, I guess so. I don't like the, I don't like the food that much either. No, I don't like the popcorn food. though. Popcorn's Pop- good. Oh, I had some, yeah, had some last night. Yeah. Pretty tasty. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still um, good. Yeah, mm, still stuck in my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, on a barbecue, it's all right. I guess I might have one mm. little bit. bit oh, if you can get like a bit of charring on the, of course, on the, like the corn, you, on you the... need the char. Oh yeah, and and I think we've talked about this before, but like a little bit of lime juice and some. And yeah, some... but I'd rather like the... we're never then not I'm going only to talk about just going to that for the char and lime, and I feel like I could probably find a way to just get to, those uh, elements yeah. without the corn I'll and just, with something I'll, else. I'll just burn some lime. <laughs> burn some lime. That's better than corn. Anyway, see, my problem with this compared to like. This is this corn and system of down being burnt lime. Um, <laughs> why I don't like this, I think it's just because it, it's like when we've spoken about the problem with things that are overtly sincere, and if you're not in that moment, they're easy to tease because you're like, "Come on, man! Like, get your hand off it," kind of thing. Sure. And I think corn are 
like, at least with this song, it sounds so overtly sincere, like to a fault to me. A, metal isn't really my bag in general. And metal's quite sincere, to be honest. Yeah, like it's not ironic. And I think Korn, what they do is just like trade in this dark sincerity kind of thing. The elements of this aren't too dissimilar to a bunch of like 80s gothic shit I love yeah super deep crooning vocals that are like highfalutin terms of misery and shit like that and like with booming bass tracks the Venn diagram of that kind of shit is a crossover I've listened to this maybe like three or four times trying to figure out why I disliked it now you know and what I- this just sometimes happens and this is where I think like often I come up with problems I even reach the, the conclusion sometimes where I go like talking about music is kind of pointless because there is always that element that just goes like, you know what, as much as we want to think our way through explaining certain things, often it just boils down to, this is what I want to listen to right now, and yeah. this is what I don't want to yeah. listen to right now. This yeah. is my like, vibe, this isn't my vibe. You know, that, like, you know? That, that quote I'm like talking about music is like dancing about architecture. Yep. Yeah. Kind which of. I, yeah, which I think is... Valid and cool to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. Andrew in his room by himself wearing a black morph suit Dancing, dancing some brutal, brutal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what architecture yeah. you'd be into yeah. dancing to. <laughs> Jesus. It's brutalism, obviously. You just spend less time around one another. <laughs> Sit. Ouch. <laughs> I like you as a friend. <laughs> I can see why people were drawn to this. If you're like into miserable stuff and brooding and loathing kind of thing like that, but also like the danceability of it again, there's a reason why this is popular, but it's just super just not at all for me. Sure. This has made it back into my workout playlist. Fucking yeah, cool man. I get it. Yeah, that's that yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, I love a heavy groove. Well, yeah, would you would you like some more? Please. At number sixteen, this is Corn with Freak on a Leash. Not a ladle full of corn. <laughs> it's being ladled out. Just now. loose yeah, steamed loose, corn. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We're not we're not on the cob. It's a cob cast. Listen to the songs. There's ain't no cob. Something takes a part of me. Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me, from me Life's gotta always be messing with me Can't it chill and let me be free Can't I take away Once again in the 1999 Hottest 100 at number 16, that is Freak on a Motherfucking Leash. Let me take you back to 1999. Take a ride through my old neighborhood of Nera, New South Wales. I am. Nera, s- one. I am sitting in front of my television watching the Rage Top 50 as per. I am eight years old and I am watching the video for Freak on a Leash for the first time and my imagination is captured. 
I am watching something completely next level. This mix of animation and live performance and like these really intense full-on visuals. This is to date at this point in my life the heaviest song that I've ever heard. Heavy music is a fucking intimidating thing for a kid. It really is, though. Yeah. I'd heard Fuel by Metallica, and that whipped ass, but that was just like, yeah, rock and roll, man, this is cool. This was, like, genuinely heavy, genuinely just, like, a bit fucking out there, man. And so watching this, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? I just had so many questions. After a while, I stopped trying to answer them until, like... A decade later or so, maybe, maybe, like, over, I started running a blog called Yes, We've Got a Video, and it was a music video blog where I talked about, like, videos that had just come out, videos that I really, really liked, videos that I didn't like, all that sort of stuff, and in one section, I went back and I revisited and reviewed old music videos, and I was just like, okay, so what are some music videos that I, like, particularly remember from growing up? And one of the big ones was Freak on a Leash. I hadn't listened to Korn in a long time at this point. I'd kind of abandoned them just being like, oh, I remember I used to listen to Korn, jeez Louise. I put this back on and I'm just transfixed again as an adult. This is just sparking that same power and imagination and resonance in my mind. I love this song as an individual thing, but like uh, it's inextricably tied to the music video for me. They were really latching onto the psyche of young kind of confused kids that you know didn't know how to respond and didn't know how to react to the world around them that just just wanted to watch the world burn just wanted to see shit blowing up there's just something really powerful about that there's something that connects to a kid where it's just like you're fucked up we're fucked up too let's be fucked up together i i get so so much out of this song still like I've heard this song a million fucking times. Like, by by every right, I should have retired the jersey of this song a long fucking time ago. It should have just been like, oh, this is on? I never need to hear this song again. But it, every time it's on, I will listen to it in full. I'm just like, it's coming, it's coming. And then that fucking... Go. That is still one of the most heavy, menacing fucking things that I've ever heard. I just feel like fucking punching a hole through the fucking ground. That just that drop fucking is so bounce, heavy. man. Just it's David huge. Silvera just beating the shit out of the fucking drums like they yeah. owe him money. Oh. Like Davis just going fucking mental over the top of it. There's just something so fucking massive about that. That is like a singular moment in Korn's discography. They made that, some yeah. great songs since. Uh, they've got uh, they've got a new record record coming out this year hottest bump so you know (laughs) you're welcome but pound for pound just as a moment in their discography just that fucking release that bit is just so momentous and still so powerful it it has no right to be as fucking huge as it is to 28 year old me as it was to 19 year old me as it was to eight year old me but here we fucking are man yeah cool uh, on the video uh, that won a Grammy I didn't know the previous song or if I did I've forgotten it but this one obviously uh-huh. everybody knows yeah um, I think this is better than the previous song I guess the anger is more explicit I still don't like it but the like the consistency of the mm. tone is slightly more appealing to me and also like again corners I mean the um ba um bit is funny oh yeah it's, I mean it's, it's kind of like what you're talking about before just in terms of where we're at now with irony, I experienced corn through memes and mashups. Yeah, Cicerega. Like- 
this is part of the reason why I think the song was so successful is because people as a whole across all kind of divides love to be surprised and they love Mm. to not understand what's going on especially when it pops up in unexpected places like music that is in you know a mainstream context and you have Jonathan Davis all of a sudden coming in and doing that scat section no matter what you're doing you're stopping and you're listening it commands you to try and figure it out and you're not going to although that bit has been placed in a new context for me since I did some research about the writing of the song and what it's about or whatever. Jonathan Davis was on a bit of a writing about the mixed blessings of fame kind of thing with this. That, that's what he was referring to when he's saying like he's feeling like a freak on a leash. I find that a little bit less valuable than when Corner trying to reach out and talk about things that are important to their fan base directly. Mm-hmm. But I think Freak on a Leash, you know, as a song is really just about feeling like you don't have any control. But you think about him saying like, oh, I feel like so controlled by the music industry and I feel like I have no agency because, you know, I'm just a cog in this machine and whatever. Common thing that many bands have kind of talked about. Take that attitude and you put it in the scat section and it's just kind of like, right, are you just creating a moment where you feel like you're expressing frustrations? Like, I can just do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, just put it in music. Like, is this how mm. you feel when you create any song that you're just doing that? That's an idea that kind of came to me when I listen to this song this time around with that reading in my head and it's like it makes it a little bit more than just scat yeah I'm just gonna do <laughs> yeah. this weird scat bit I, 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 I think that like this scatting sounds better than a few weeks ago when we spoke about the Red Hot Chili Peppers and then there's tone and shape and and, yeah. and it feels like technique in there whereas yeah. well, to go, just being like to go yeah. so rapidly just you know from using your voice in a, in a purely like mechanical sense to so that really low growl to the absolute top falsetto in such a yeah. such a sweep and also it's like, really cool and like even if without there being context kind of thing even if it is just scatting this is not a bad song because there's scatting in it it's just a part of the song, but it's been memefied and it was always going to be. Yeah. Like, there's I mean, no possible way. It's very it was... funny that right now I'm thinking like we're having this very serious discussion about the freak on a leash. Yeah. Again, I've said this about new metal before as well. Like say what you will about new metal, but it is a genre that existed in modern times where anything was possible. Mm. And this is proof of that. The Jonathan Davis could come through and put a scat section in his song and it's like, sure, it's weird in a larger musical context, but new metal allowed for that. In much the same way is it allowed for there to be you know such a close incorporation of straight up hip-hop and you know kind of hardcore scream vocals in Linkin Park or you know just whatever system of a down we're playing with in any of their songs like it this the spectrum of new metal allowed for experimentation and I think that maybe it doesn't get enough credit for that because because sure not all of it was good I guess for me I'm just like I can never just figure out to what end you guys talk about that emotional connection and like I can appreciate it when you talk about it but I I can't see that at all when I when I listen to the song. And part of that is I don't like heavy music very much. Yeah. I don't feel it. I don't get that catharsis that you guys talk about that obviously a lot of people feel when they listen to to stuff like this and to metal music and all that kind of thing. I miss the emotional thread and then like it's hard to tell how if they're being ironic or whatever. The like yeah. system of a down, like there's a an irony to the weirdness there. Yeah. But that I think is matched really well with how political they are and like they've always been like front yeah, and center with their sure, politics. And sure. so that for me I'm like, cool. That makes sense to me. I can connect those things and then there's an intellectual level of the music. And well, what if you just replace politics with 
you know, straight up catharsis and and emotion and and you know. Well, like, yeah, I tried to, but but I I can't I can't see right, that in right, the right, music right, right. for me. I'm I'm like that's just not there. Cool. And so all that I get left with is is just this kind of like hyper masculine, <laughs> you know, a- aggressive kind like of arbitrary heaviness. Yeah, and and just like what feels like a refusal. Not anti-intellectualism, but like it—it it feels like a really like we're just being really masculine and aggressive, and like a refusal of of kind of highbrow, uh. and like we're gonna just dive headfirst into the lowbrow. And I'm not saying you know I, I'm not I don't want to be like yeah 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 you're not getting highfalutin. And uh, yeah, I don't want to be like you know, down oh, on like it. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. idiots who listen yeah. to music I don't like. But right. like that it, it, to me, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, and I don't. And because then I, I can't connect with it. And I'm just like, this is just crap. If you're not into the, the satisfaction that comes from feeling that heavy music and how that moves you physically. Mm. I mean, that's this whole song. Yeah. 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 This, this whole totally. song. Is- I, it was like, we can do nothing for you. No, Everything's well, that, that, already there. Just, that's yeah. it, right? It's like you're talking about, like, you know, music is just what it is. And at the end, it, like, you can explain music. And like you guys talking about both these songs, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I can appreciate these songs a lot more because I think that really digs why people connect like, to them. It, it helps explain why there is an appeal at all. Yeah. Like, if nothing else, though, you have to say that this song has created, and it's that scat bit, right? <laughs> that is one of the most singular, like, musical moments of, like, all time. <laughs> it's iconic. It is. You know, cor- Everyone can do, like, a shoddy version of it. Oh, man, I, I, I ride for the moments where I was, a, like, a t- even, like, I didn't know, like this song. I still knew this song, and I still knew that bit, and it was still really fun to do it with your friends <laughs> oh, when yeah, it came on. Yeah. Like, mm. that's an experience I'm sure many people can can share. This song, uh, in uh, July of 1999, was the ninth most infringed song on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of LimeWire before illegally downloaded. Oh, this was number this was number nine. I wish huh. I had the full list. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I, I would have spent a week downloading that. It would have been <laughs> yeah. so worth it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. Get interrupted like, by your auntie calling on the phone. Yeah. Oh, God oh damn it! God. Yeah, because corn fans would be internet people. We've spoken about the greatest image on the internet, right? From a computer magazine, a photo of Jonathan Davis at a really old computer, and the caption is: "Jonathan Davis from Corn is an avid chat monster, hanging out with corn fans every day for hours at a time." And also, I've talked about the great man. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that he was really big into World of Warcraft. Hey, all right, and cool. he had like he had like a huge fan community that he just went on raids with. <laughs> Which that is like, cool. If you were a fan, that would have been baller <laughs> yeah. as fuck, dude. It would have been sick. Except if he like sucked, he like you, you wiped the raid. <laughs> he Leroy Jenkins the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's do this, Jonathan he, no. Davis. <laughs> 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 That brings us. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of. Thanks very much to for having us, and thanks to for listening. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to pick our boots and our bitch. Uh, I'm going to go uh, in a move surprising absolutely no one with freak on a leash for my favorite and make it my new champ because, hey. you know, oh, wow. y'all's are bitches and can't get on my level. Uh, and we'll go exerciser for least, I guess, but obviously nowhere near as bad as Sun is Shining by Bobby Miles. Yeah, my uh, favorite, I'm going to give it to Theopolis Thistler. Love that song very much. Good yeah. shit. Um, he probably just beats that animal, though, which is also very fucking great. Mm. And both are nostalgia triggers to me as well. Yeah, man. Um, uh, least fave is uh, Falling Away From Me, but it's nowhere near. It's still nowhere near as bad as the Sun Is Shining remix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. 
Um, same. Uh, animal just missing out to uh, Theophilus. Yeah, falling away from me, least favorite, but I'm going to stick with my champ and chump as they are. Oh, also, yeah, my champ of uh, Friends of Romero going out tonight remains. Uh, my favourite was falling away from me. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> we haven't had a, we haven't had a would, good divide for a while. No, yeah. And I would also like to acknowledge that I thought y'all were going to be so much more just like swinging for the fences, fuck this shit. Like, yeah, I, I not, absolutely thought we were yeah, going to get shat on. on. Board well, we, we, which I was okay with. When you come in and give sincere love for a song, it's hard yeah. to then bully you. Also, I feel like we did You've that last time. before. Yeah, I know. Very on brave mouth. Very hungover. But we did that, you know? So yeah. I, I think this time it's better mm. to try and maybe try and figure out right. as why. We, as we mature, the podcast matures with us. <laughs> Until we all log off together. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But if you do want to hear uh, Andrew and Nathan's true thoughts on corn, you know, it's been documented. Mm. Yeah. Good shit. I knew they were holding back. Uh, my least favourite was rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. Um, that's why they're called that too, sometimes, right? Yeah, because sometimes rhubarb is just there because you don't have enough apple. Whoa. For the well, pie. It, they're called that because famously people in background in yeah. audiences say rhubarb. I reckon that's like, it. Yeah. Rhubarb, well, rhubarb, also, rhubarb. Like, also peas and carrots is one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. something like, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any pigs. famous rhubarb mentions in the Bible. Uh, Alice, um, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're, you're a Bible expert... <laughs> You're, if you're a big Christ yeah. head, um, if you're a, if you're a, what is it a cross neck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're a cross if, you're, neck. If, if you can tear yourself away from looking forward to Black Storm for another year <laughs> and flip back to your favorite book, the Bible, it's actually and, many books. Mm, my, my next came in one. Not trying to brag here, but I got a pretty good deal <laughs> on my the old Bible. <laughs> um, yeah, but if there is some like rhubarb mentions in the Bible, please let us know. I'm pretty sure. There's just the only foods in the Bible are fish and bread and wine. There's a few others. Nah, it's pretty just those. That's all there was at the last supper. Just fish sandwiches and red wine. Sounds alright. Don't like forget the, and also it depends on the fish and the bread. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, <laughs> there we go, Mr. Nate, Mr. Nathan Harrison, and <laughs> Mr. Nathan Harrison. My name is Nathan Harrison. <laughs> I'm a scat man. Don't do boy, 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 I'm a scat man. Don